On an incredible night in Nuggets history, the banner was lifted to the rafters. The players showed off their new championship rings and rings inside of rings. Uh, and also, we got an interesting question. Uh, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? You are locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your life, your week, your day. Glad to have you guys along for the ride. If you're an everydayer, we really appreciate you guys being with us each and every day. We do five shows a week and we're glad to have you with us for each and every one of them. I want to let you know that you can find this show on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash locked on nuggets and you can catch a live version of the show. Turn on notifications and hit subscribe. And you can catch all of our shows throughout the week. We are all available on all platforms, including Apple podcasts where we'd love it. If you gave us a five-star review, I've been very disciplined this season. So I think I am very deserving of a five-star review on today's show. The banner was lifted. The building was incredible. The emotions were high. <clears throat> and then the work began. And the work was good. We'll talk about the work that the Nuggets did in their season opening win over the Los Angeles Lakers on both sides of the floor. Um, we'll talk about maybe, in my opinion, one of the better, if not best, regular season defensive nights from Michael Porter Jr. Um, we'll talk about what the veterans had to say in the locker room after the game. and. We'll talk a little bit about the bench and, and what went on uh, and how that's looking early on. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Swipa. You can find him on Twitter at Swipa Cam and check out all of his work over at Mile High Sports with Ryan Blackburn, as well as on his own YouTube channel. Make sure to check out all that stuff as well. Swipa, how you doing this morning following, uh, following Banner Night? Man, it was a great night. It was really good seeing you there. It was really good seeing everybody there. I think that this is one of the most important special nights in Denver sports history. Obviously, you know, Matt, I don't know about you, you know, but Denver, we have a lot of banner raises in our in our state's history, in our city's history. Obviously, you got three championships from the Denver Broncos. You got championships, three from the Colorado Avalanche. And then now, obviously, the Mammoth. And now you got the Denver Nuggets. So right in the middle of the city. You know, there's just so many great things that are happening and Denver deserves it and the people of Denver deserve it. So I'm so incredibly happy for all the fans, but the players, the way that they were able to buy into an idea, into a concept and really how Michael Malone and Jokic and Murray and Porter and Gordon, how everybody has grown together. And I love seeing people accept their role and flourish in them and then be able to go out and earn a championship and the way they did it in a dominant fashion. So it was a really great night, a uh, great night of celebration. And then also, too, we got some really great basketball that, man, I think gives, gives some really interesting insight going into this next season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it was a, and we saw a lot to break into in that in the second and third segments. You know, I, um, I've been in, coming to Ball Arena when it was Pepsi Center and now in Ball Arena for 11 years. And I've... I think it's, I was thinking about this last night about how weird and amazing it is that you get a sense for what an entire building feels 
like I've been in buildings where um, it's angry. I've been in buildings where it's annoyed. I've been in buildings where it's honestly pretty apathetic and everyone's just kind of like, yep, we're here on Tuesday in January. Um, everyone was so happy last night. Like everyone was just so happy last night. Like smiles were absolutely everywhere. Everyone was so excited and happy to be there. Um, there was so much anticipation before the the banner ceremony and the ring ceremony. Uh, it was really amazing to see. And I was really privileged and honored to have gotten a chance to be in the building for it. I was glad that you were able to be there um, and see what that was like. You know, the Nuggets had kind of talked about like, well, you know, yeah, okay, we're going to do the banner, but like we're ready to get back to work. Like they got emotional. Like everybody got emotional. Mm -hmm. um, some highlights they introduced when, you know, they, they give out the rings and they introduced them one by one. Jamal Murray doing the blue arrow celebration for the first time mm -hmm. in a long time um, was a really cool moment. Malone got choked up almost immediately when he got the ring thinking of his father. Um, yeah. That that's always going to kind of stick with me. And there, that moment of lifting the banner. I asked them, I asked several of the players, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, Aaron Gordon after the game, if it, like the night matched up with kind of what they thought it would be. And MPJ was like, honestly, it was so much more. It was so much more emotional and meaningful. And, um, you know, AG was just like, he's like, I just, I'm blown away by being able to be a part of this. You just can't believe that right. it's your life. And so like, they really sell, like, they really got to celebrate and own it and live in that moment and be there. And I thought that was really great before they went back to work. Um, Yoga choked after the game that like, what were you thinking when the banner was going up? He's like, I have like eight minutes that I got to wait. I have to go warm up again. And then I got to wait 15 minutes. So very, very joker from that respect. But um, from where you were at, what did you feel like? What were things that you are going to remember uh, from the ring and banner ceremony? Man, you know, you obviously, man, you were closer to everything than, than I was. But I think even just, you know, since 2014, we've watched all this stuff culminate. I mean, you were there, Brian Shaw era, Denver Nuggets. Oh, you know, yeah. And you saw you saw it all and you heard it all. And then obviously Michael Malone gets fired from Sacramento, comes over to Denver. And you see this iteration growth from this dude named Nikola Jokic. People can't say his name all that well. He's... <laughs> really laughable and really funny and engaging kind of this cute story. Then all of a sudden he keeps getting better. And then Jamal comes around in 2016 Porter gets there in 2018. They're a playoff team. They're a, a top seed. They lose to the Blazers. CJ McCollum, 37 points in game seven, Jamal four of 18 or whatever it was that game. And yeah. then they go into the next year, Western conference finals run into a, Fully, fully loaded LeBron James and Anthony Davis making all of his mid-range and three-point shots, which I know you loved. And everything else that has kind of come from all that is to be where we are right now. And I think to see the way the team is able to respond and to celebrate together, to see them in their white track suits, Matt, and to watch the banner go up and even yeah, touch the nice. banner. That was just insane to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think after the game it was interesting some players were they asked joker they're like what do you gotta do with the ring and he was like i don't know where it is right now <laughs> like he had it he turned to cody who works with pr and was like who's got the ring and cody was like somebody's got it um but like other deandre jordan was like showing it off uh the ring if you haven't seen it there's videos up on on the nuggets youtube page about it and katie wingy's got a really great video with deandre jordan who was kind of showing it off it's insane like it is an insane piece of jewelry. 
uh, where you, you like you flip one of the the words and it changes from yellow to the blue background. There's a mm-hmm. second ring inside of it that you can mm-hmm. pull out. That's for quote day use, like casual wear, um, <laughs> which is really funny because like I asked some of the Nugget staffers, "What are you gonna do with it?" And one staffer said, uh, one member of the front office was like, "Safe, like safety deposit box. Like it will never see the light of day because it's so valuable." And then somebody asked AG, you know, are you going to wear it? And he was like, oh, hell yeah, I love rings. So, like, AG is just going to be walking around with it. Uh, also, AG, uh, very casual flex was like, because Jason uh, is the designer that did it. And um, he said, he was like, oh, I love all of his stuff. He's been doing stuff for me since my, since the draft. He was right. like, like, his chains are designed by the same person that did the championship rings. And I'm just, right. it was a nice reminder of, I try very much to always remember these are humans. These are people like they're just, you know, they put their pants on just like us. And then there are certain ways in which like, we do not live in the same universe. And right. Aaron Gordon just casually being like, yeah, I know the designer. He does all my stuff is like a very casual, like, oh yeah, you and I do not occupy the same space in this universe. Uh, but it was really cool. They were all really excited by it. Um, my favorite comment about the ring swipe was that Michael Porter Jr. didn't know that every member of the staff gets one. And people were like, have kind of said like, oh, that's rare, isn't it? I'm like, no, like it's pretty common. Like if you're with yeah. the team and, and if you're a member of basically basketball operations, um, and sometimes even business ops, if you're somebody that's, in, that's integral to the team, you, you wind up getting a ring. Um, cause like media relations not media members media relations will oftentimes get a ring and so uh but what mpj said was i was really excited for all the people that i didn't realize were going to get rings because they you know he talked at length about it and it was a really great quote where he was talking about the equipment managers and the training staff like sparky who has been there since i like he's been there for decades and uh he he's always been there and he's such an important part of the team. All these people get, get championship rings and he's like, they don't get the credit they deserve. He's like, they help. They do so much work to help the bodies of these guys who make millions and they don't get any credit for it for the long hours and the flights and the travel and everything and how much work goes into it. And like, it was like really like, I just got to tell you like the transformation of Michael Porter Jr. from like rookie year to now. I just cannot believe it. Um, he, it was really great to hear him kind of shout those guys out. So it was really cool uh, for everybody to have that night and that moment. And then they were also like, okay, and we're, we're ready to turn the page. And they certainly were. Yeah. Yeah. Really special night. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. was a kid, you know, he was 19 when he came into the league. You know, and now he's 25 years old. So, you know, I definitely understand, you know, why and how somebody would be able to grow like that. Uh, Officer Sparky getting a ring is necessary. I mean, a dude that's been this committed, everybody knows who he is. You know, he's a part of the fabric of Denver, let alone the Denver Nuggets. And, again, just super proud of everybody. And, you know, say what you want, man. The Crockies have been dominating. You know, they get the Rams, the Avalanche, and then the Nuggets in three major sports. And then, obviously, the Mammoth and everything else. In the span of, like, three years, is it four years, Matt? Uh, when the Rams won the Super Bowl, I think they won three years ago, I want to say. So, like, for all that to happen, <laughs> you know, and the Crockett have really just been able to set themselves up as one of the premier ownership group uh, in the entire United States, basically, even around the world. So, again, really excited for everybody, and I can't wait. I think this season is going to be really special as well. 
uh, Sam said, usually there are different levels of rings depending on what you do. My brother works in the investment arm of the Dodgers and got a third tier ring. That's accurate. Uh, Jared Jeffries, who actually had contributed a lot to the Nuggets front office, was in town last night uh, and saw MPJ and was showing him his ring as well. So a little bit different levels which i think is is i think it's good like i just think it's great that they were able to get rings for so many people which i think is is excellent um so that said the work had to be done uh and they faced a lakers team that had had conversations about the nuggets and all of their talking and ad was looking forward to this game turns out he was only looking forward to the first half We'll talk about the Lakers, but more importantly, we'll talk about your Denver Nuggets, who are universally regarded this morning as the best team in basketball, as they should be. We'll do the, talk about that up next. Right now, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is amazing. It's such a great game to play daily. You are not playing against other people. You're just playing against the numbers, the stats. All you got to do is figure out whether or not you think the players will go over or under their projected stat lines. And you can win up to 25 times your money on almost any sport in existence. They've got it for football, obviously. You can take it on, on NFL. Uh, I did, I was playing prize picks yesterday on Jokic threes, which was a great play. And uh, thought he would be hitting more threes. Adam kind of helped tip me off on that, which was really great. Uh, you can submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. They offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks offers discount players up to 25% to provide even more value. They now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. And with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchup, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, that player is rebooted. Play Prize Picks is the only da daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Welcome back to Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore and Swipe a Cam with you on a Wednesday after the Nuggets celebrated championship night and then got back to work, Swipe. They are... They started off the season getting their first win. We got our first box score of the season. I'm very happy to have box scores back in my life. I just want to say that. I've missed you. Sweet back box scores. Thank you for all your stat lines and all of the things that you have for me to break down. 119-107 uh, over the Los Angeles Lakers. They took the lead with eight minutes to go in the first quarter and did not look back. Uh, Nikola Jokic finishes the night with... Whew, did not ease in old Jokic. 29 points, 13 boards, 11 assists, triple-double, one steal, one block, 12 of 22 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point range, a plus 15 best in the game. Just light work for the reigning finals MVP. Uh, 
great balance with the starting unit. You've got Jamal, who I was honestly like, yeah, Jamal had kind of a quiet night. Yeah, he finished with 21 thanks to the late surge when they put the game away. 21 yeah. points for Jamal Murray, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5, 6 right. dimes for Jamal notably as well. Aaron Gordon, like I love the stat line for AG. I just love the stat line. Uh, 15 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, plus 6, 7 of 11 from the field. Hyper-efficient, did all the work. MPJ did not shoot well, but he did everything else. 12 boards, 12 points, 2 assists, 2 steals for MPJ. And then the one that really Lakers fans were so royal about, you know, this was a guy that left the Lakers and was not necessarily happy about things, ended with his time there. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 20 points for KCP, uh, 2 boards and assists, 3 steals and a block for KCP and a plus 10. Uh, Reggie Jackson chipped in 8 off the bench, and Christian Brown got into the action late with 5. Real like big picture. I have my own takes, but I want to get your thoughts. What is your big takeaway from the Nuggets debut last night? Dominant. Didn't miss a beat. I think the championship did something. You know, it's funny when you remember preseason, Matt. We talked about the over under for the Nuggets, and I think you had them at forty nine. I think the is it that's what you had them like maybe three weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we talked about it, there was just this thing, man. Again, I, I feel like the Nuggets because they're so young still. They just came off one of the most dominant postseason runs in the last thirty years, and it feels like Matt yesterday when the game like when it first started it felt like it was they were still kind of in a playoff mode but not Mm -hmm. like they were playing up to the finals or something but I I think Matt what I what I first felt is this feels like a team that can't turn off being great now they're going to be sloppy at times they had sloppy possessions last night they had sloppy into the second quarter remember when they Anthony Davis went out they went Rui and Braun Small and then they proceeded to give up basically like a 14-point lead, got it down to seven, I believe. And they had moments where they didn't look good. But as soon as they needed to turn up the temperature, they started running that the horn set. They started putting themselves in a situation around those flares with KCP and Murray. They started doing the back cuts with Murray and Jokic. They got Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot for Dunk, Michael Porter Jr. in the corner, KCP for a wide-open nail jumper shot. Like, they just – it's like a motion. And even defensively, they're so big that it used to be that Michael Porter Jr. was the biggest liability. But now Michael Porter Jr. was a plus defender last night. Mm-hmm. And again, 12 rebounds. And he was a contributing winning player. He had the second highest plus minus on the team. And he was two and nine from three. When did we ever think that was going to happen when he was younger? So you put all that together, man. I think this team is destined for something special. They, they give me the feel of a team that knows is better than everybody. And it's in their blood that they want to exist in a place that, like, we're going to enforce our will no matter who we're playing that night. Look, I'll say this. I got the under. I feel good about the under. It was my best bet on the season is their under. I'm not off of it yet. Okay? I'll say this. I'm going to say this. If they're healthy, if they have the same level of health or better than last season – they're going to win 60 games. They're going to win 60 games. And I'm going to lose that bet and I'm fine with it. Like I will take those odds. That's fine. Um, I wrote this morning over at the action network. You can read it over at action network.com and the action network app. 
I wrote this morning a column. Um, my I'm writing a little bit different this season. I'm going to be filing some post uh, game nuggets columns this season from the arena. So like, check that out. I haven't done that in a while, by the way, last night was the first time that I have written from the arena for a regular season game in like six years. No, no more than that, like seven years. Um, so I had to, to figure out how to do that again. Um, I wrote basically this. The Suns add Bradley Beal and the Bucks get Dame and the Celtics add Chris Apps Porzingis. And we do this every single year where like the new superstar and the new matchup and look at this team and they teamed up and oh, who's stopping this duo with the image on Twitter? Basketball's five on five. The Nuggets starting five. And I want to, I got another point off of this, but the Nuggets starting five is the best in basketball. And it's one of the best in NBA history. I asked uh, AG last night. I said, I was like, hey, usually first games are sloppy and ugly and guys, you're still way off and rusty. You guys played a really clean game. You had 11 turnovers. You shot great from the field you know what do you attribute that to and ag was like honestly it feels like we stopped playing yesterday he's like that's just how it is with this with this group we just know each other mpj was like this is what's great about having guys that play together year over year he's like you don't see this much in the league anymore where teams just stay together he's like we know how to play together we played all last year with kcp he's like i've been playing with ag for three years i've been playing with joker for four um and that continuity, Joker said, we have trust and belief in each other in that group. And it really kind of shows. And they were able to absolutely dominate uh, those those sequences and sections. The Lakers got this to a three-point game in the fourth quarter. This is a three-point game with nine minutes to go. And then yeah. Joker re-enters, and it's just... Right. I mean, they. I mean, it was like... Did you, it, did, you, did you remember what Michael Malone said yesterday about uh, he's a very insecure person and then uh, Jokic is just a security, security blanket? That was security hilarious. Security blanket, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to be encouraged by in terms of the starting unit and how they play together. I will tell you, like, this morning, I, I want to I be really clear on this because the Nuggets fans are very sensitive to disrespect, and I understand why they have been disrespected. You're absolutely right. Uh, first take leads this morning with, like, the Nuggets are the best team in basketball. The Lakers pods I listened to started the Lakers pods I listened to were honestly like they are better. Like, no, like, well, this, that, and the other, they are better. Like, it's just Denver is a better team. They're the best team in the league. Uh, Jason Tim, who I respect a lot, who's on YouTube, does a great show. The Nuggets are the best team in basketball, right? So all of these things, like the respect is definitely out there. Uh, MPJ, he was so good on defense. Swipe. I want, I'm going to, you know, want to get your thoughts on it because like, one of the very first early possessions, they got a switch on D'Lo and he contained him. And we were on press row. We were kind of like, okay, all right. I asked MPJ after the game, I was like, you know, have you become the kind of defender that you want to be? And honestly, that's a softball, right? It's an opportunity for him to just like talk about like, yeah, I put in the work, blah, 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 blah. Like I asked those questions to give players an opportunity to take their own flowers, so to speak. And MPJ said, oh no, man, I got a long way to go. He's like, I'm not nearly where I want to be. He's like, but I'm getting there. I put the work in. I'm getting better. There's still a lot to do. 
but he was really good defensively last yeah. night, crashed the boards. You know, Malone shouted out his effort. They are, the conversation has shifted so much where when he has these bad shooting nights, and I, I said this years ago, Ben PJ, I said, if he's not hitting threes, what does he do? Like, if he's not hitting threes, what does Michael Porter Jr. give you? And I no longer say that because when Michael Porter Jr. does not hit threes and he missed a ton last night. Do you think that was a finals that did that for him, that that put him in, even mentally in a, in a different stratosphere as a basketball player because of the shooting? I think, I think all of last season, just with, for whatever, like guys are faced with that question of, do you want to sacrifice? Like, do you want to, do you want to win? Because if you want to win, you're going to have to sacrifice. You don't get to be the player that you think you could be that would be yeah. on the cover of magazines and get and on all these ads and like, you know, sponsors for all this stuff and the fate, like all of this acclaim. You don't get to be that because you got to do the dirty work that doesn't get appreciated by most people. Are you willing yeah. to do that? How much do you want to win? And I'm like, I'll just go ahead and say this. Jeremy Grant didn't want that. That, there were other reasons Jeremy left, and I think those are good reasons. But Jeremy also didn't want that. MPJ wants it, and he proved it, and he's done it. And I have nothing but respect for what MPJ has given this team because he was great last night despite not shooting well. Yeah, and again, this has been a consistent theme. He's always been a dominant plus-minus player. Always. Even when he wasn't shooting well. But I think the thing is he had lapses that were just, like, befuddling. But now, yesterday... He's going against Braun, Rui Hachimura, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. And it's like, you don't notice him making these blatant mistakes. Now, is he a little slow to get around screens? Yeah, well, well, guess what? He's six foot ten. He's not KCP. KCP is a small six foot five with a nimble body and all that kind of stuff. Like, it just takes Porter longer. But Porter wasn't making his shot. But when he came back in the game, the entire, you saw the arena was just like, oh. I just kind of settle down. It's like Porter's coming back. Yeah. Jokic is coming back. And the two-man game that they have together and even the way that Porter works off ball, look, again, there's something that can't be replicated when you have that level of synergy. When they went to that late-game action, Matt, yeah. they needed to close the game out. They had Jokic, Murray, pick and roll, AG, dunker spot, KCP, the little flare screen, and then guess what? Porter was off in the right corner somewhere just waiting. And then he also cut. He had a cut off of an AG dive that led to him getting a wide open dunk and stuff as well. And then rebounding is a huge deal. Ending possessions and extending possessions is a part of winning championship basketball. And he does that. So having him, and even honestly, even he's even a better rebounder at times than AG. Having Jokic and Porter rebounding and between them get 20, well, they got 25 rebounds yesterday. Again, there's just stuff that you can just look and watch and see about Porter that lets you know that even if you think that he's having an off series shooting, an off game shooting, he's such a positively impacting winning player that, dude, as soon as he starts making his shots again, it's a wrap. Because guess what, Matt? Everybody keeps forgetting because of the finals. The number one spot-up shooter in the NBA is Michael Porter Jr. last season. And like a 130 clip. Yeah. So if he gets back into that, which he will, and also built out this skill set that we ain't having a conversation about Porter being just a high-level role player. That's like a borderline all-star level player in the NBA. You know, uh, I thought Jamal was really patient in this game. Uh, they, especially in the bench units, which we'll talk about in the final segment, they were blitzing him because they knew that he was the only way for them to initiate offense. And 
Jamal was just like, okay, I'm going to drag you. I'm going to drag you out. And then I'm going to flip this pass over and we're going to have three. We're going to have four on threes and that's going to make it easier for us. Like you're not, you're not beating me with, with putting pressure on me. Um, I, the people want this, so I will go ahead and give it to them. I'm writing a column on Anthony Davis after I wrote the Lakers, the Nuggets column, wrote the Nuggets first. Um, gotta, gotta give credit there. Uh, Anthony Davis, 17 points in the first half. Wow. Like mm, just, just found a way to, to get points, even in a tough night and all those types of things. Uh, yeah, he had zero points the second half, zero took six shots, zero said like, Oh, I missed shots. I could just make, no, no, no. Jokic missed shots. He could just make at the end of the first half. When yeah. the Lakers went to a, a small switch on him. I want to note this. The best success that they had was any time that they did not have AD on Jokic. Because every time they AD, the AD, a top 75 player, supposedly, and, quote, the best defensive player in the league was on Nikola Jokic. Again, I've said it over and over again since the conference finals. Moved through him like water. He is not tough enough to handle Nikola Jokic. Jokic isn't even like, like I've seen, I've seen Joker have to pull deep in the bag. Like I've seen Joker have to go to double moves, up fakes, pump fakes, run him back through pick and roll. Like I've seen Joker be like, I'm going to have to do a lot here to beat this guy. He just scores through it. AD. He's not even there. Doesn't even notice him. So like, I mean, AD has the potential to be a great player, but the separation between what he is and what Jokic is is wide. It is incredibly yeah, but I, wide. But I think if you listen to Lakers fans leading up to this matchup, a lot of them felt like the the Western Conference was a blip. Mm-hmm. They just felt like Jokic had a great series, that AD was inconsistent, but AD even but even again, you know, I, I know Jason, Jason Tim very well now. Like even Jason has said at points in time that, well, AD has to get his get back. If you get your butt kicked like that in the semifinals, if you're competitive, you want to get your get back. And AD even noted it. You said it. He talked about the game a couple of weeks ago. But my thing is, is that Anthony Davis is a play finisher. He doesn't have an elite post game. He doesn't have a go-to post game move. Doesn't have a, a great floater he can go to. So if he can't get those little, you know, Manu sidesteps over Joker, he has a very difficult time scoring over him. By the way, Matt, did you know? You might have saw it. Did you know? Again, there's a lot of data that goes into this. There's a lot of situations. So I want to be fair. That when Jokic was the primary defender on Anthony Davis last night, that Anthony Davis was 5 of 15 shooting? I do know that. I looked that up. So for me, it's like there's something Joker does as a body and his physicality that Anthony Davis just literally cannot deal with. You talked about it. He's got to be set up. And like here, here's how you need to I need to translate this. I'm not being unfair to AD here. This is the reality. If you have bad pick and roll coverage, then he'll get open and dunk lobs. If you have smaller players, he'll finish over them and then flex. If you have size and discipline, he's just a dude offensively. Now, defensively, I still think he's a monster in most matchups. I'm not being fair to him by talking about how Jokic moves through him like water because Joker moves through absolutely everybody. It's not fair to AD for me to criticize him like that, except I don't want to hear all this talk about how amazing he is defensively because your entire job, what's the point if you can't slow the guy that's in front of you in terms of the title race? Like you could be an amazing defensive player, but your job is to try and impact effect. I'm not asking you to win the matchup. 
I'm just asking you to actually be somebody that doesn't have to get switched off of him in order for the team to have success. In the first half. You, t- you talked about the size um, of the, the Nuggets in general, and it's what makes them just absolutely impossible. And this is what a lot of teams commented on, which is I'll, there are a lot of teams that have size in the NBA or that have been built with size throughout the course of NBA history, but they don't necessarily – You there's a cost to that supposedly. If you have size, you're not as skilled. You don't have as much shooting, right? You don't, you're not as crisp of a passing team. Your offense is kind of clotting, and you can't shoot at a high clip. Denver has both. They have a finesse offense built with absolute juggernauts. Like Austin Reeves looked like a little boy out there. That sequence where they picked up the tech came after after Reeves was on the sideline complaining to the official because he was basically complaining, they're bullying me. Like that's what he looked like to me on the court there. And I think Austin Reeves is a really good player. Somebody commented about how I had him in the Elite 100. Going to drop him after last night because it showed in the World Cup as well. This Lakers team does not have enough size. They have D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves in the rotation. And I don't know that you can play those guys versus the Denver Nuggets. So phenomenal. You saw Gabe Vincent yesterday. Yeah. And then again, but this goes to what I mean. This what I, this is what they said. You listen to the great look. LA has they people say what they want. Their broadcast team is excellent. I love their broadcasting. They do yep. an incredible job. But they talked about Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. They said these additions make them a deeper team than the Nuggets, but this is the, Matt. Can you help me understand and maybe help some audience under understand? Maybe if somebody wants to clip this and give a synopsis of because they obviously won't listen to me. What do you feel like is the difference between the two teams? But even if they have the better depth from a name brand standpoint, there's something the Nuggets do and have that the Lakers. I just don't think, as of right now, as constructed can deal with over a seven-game series and beat the Denver Nuggets. What do you feel like that thing is? I mean, I, I I think it's the size. I really do. I think it's the size. I think that's the biggest problem for them is that they're built to be, based off of the 2020 team, that team's strength was they were incredible defensively and huge and able to run the floor. And their half-court offense was just kind of like, eh. Like, it was just kind of okay. It just doesn't work when you're facing Denver. Like you gotta be, you have to have an offensive floor that's so high you can get there. Now, the the uh, the defense I thought played awesome in the first quarter, and then it kind of slid as the game went on. Second and fourth quarter, I'll I'll say specifically, I think the Nuggets got gassed. I just think that they were out of they were out of they the conditioning is not there, and they've talked about that. I asked AG about the defense last night, and he said, like I was like, how'd you feel like the defense was? And he was like, lacking. He's like, we got a lot to clean up. So they got to get better just like every team does on that side of the floor. But the kind of the last thing I'll say is the Lakers are, (laughs) they really are kind of this. I'm sorry. They're a front runner team. Like they want to have a lead and they want to control the game and they want to just like, look at, look awesome. They had a lot of resiliency. I thought last night in getting back into the game, like they hung that there was a moment where it, and Blackburn commented on it, where it could have been gone from 16 to 20, two or more very easily and the Lakers really fought back to get it back in there and they deserve credit for that but I think one of the differences is is particularly with the starters body language was terrible LeBron came out last night and you know like LeBron was not was annoyed at all the conversation he was the target of a lot of the conversation and he came out and he was aggressive early on and we were like oh man this might be a LeBron night and then about five minutes in LeBron wasn't flexing and he wasn't showing off after dunks and he wasn't like barking on the court 
because I think he knows. I think he was just like, yeah, man, that we don't have we don't have it versus the squad. AD was back to the same stuff in the conference finals where he's shrugging his shoulders after Joker scores on him again. Yeah. Like AD got really down on himself last night, and that stuff. The Nuggets have created a lot of doubt, I think, in that team. Do you? So it's like do you think it's, that it's a physical and mental thing for them. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're delayed. Did you? The so you know how the Nuggets have this psychological thing with the Clippers. Do you see that kind of happening now to the Lakers with the Nuggets because of the way the matchups have gone and the the, the variances in the roster? Say again. Do you feel like the the Lakers like similar to the? Clippers, there seems oh, yeah. to be the psychological advantage that the Nuggets have now. Like when you play them, we're good, we're really good, but we just at the end of the day, we don't think we can actually beat the team. Do you think that's happening to the Lakers at this point? Lakers mystique, I think, is really powerful and it's really important to them as, an, as a franchise identity. Like they're built on the idea of like we're exceptional, yeah. we're the Lakers, and right now they're just like they're they're just another team. And they're going to be like, well, we made the conference finals. Eh, yeah, I mean, I got quibbles with how you got there. But, like, it could have been anybody else. You know, uh, Locked On Lakers was like, well, I think that the Lakers, you know, gave them the toughest test because, yes, it was a sweep, but all those games were close. And I'll just tell you, like, it's not even about the sweep or about the, the difference in games. I'm telling you about the matchup. And if you ask the Nuggets, if yeah. you got them on Truth Serum, they wouldn't talk or they wouldn't answer this question. But if you got them on Truth Serum, they would say it was the Wolves. The Wolves gave them the well, toughest Bruce team. Brown said that. Yeah. Like, the Wolves are the toughest team because they have size. Right. They have size and they're right. smart. The Lakers, have, the, the the Nuggets, <laughs> the Wolves have size and are smart. The Lakers play D'Angelo Russell 25 minutes. What, do you, what are you expecting? So um, on the other side, not everything was perfect for the Nuggets. We got to talk about the bench. There was some good. There was some bad. We'll talk about that as we wrap up here on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Final segment here on a Wednesday. Uh, Swipe, I just want to get your kind of quick thoughts from the, the bench last night. So great first half performance. They pushed the lead up. The Lakers lost the, the non-Yogic minutes in the first half. Uh, and again, impressive. They could get this game back within three by the fourth quarter. Cause they could have, that could have been over if you lose the non-Yogic minutes. Bench goes for 20 points total. Reggie Jackson, eight points on eight shots, three rebounds, one assist. Sounds pretty pretty par for the course, but a plus 11. I'll talk about why in a second. Uh, Peyton Watson hit one three, had a pretty bad uh, late record scratch on it on a late game possession. Zeke Naji had a deep seal, which got him free throws, one of three from the field, four points. Christian Brown, I thought was he, – he, Christian struggled – Versus the Lakers last year in the in the conference, he was the, like the only rotation guy that really struggled for for Denver in that series, and I'm not surprised that he kind of had issues. But there was they they managed to push the lead up in the non Jokic minutes in part because of what the Lakers put out there as far as their rotation. Uh, the Lakers adjusted in the second half, especially with Christian Wood, and it got dicey real quick. So I kind of want to get your big thoughts on what you saw from the bench last night because that's our biggest question with the team. First thing I noticed, Reggie Jackson was first off the bench, but you know who was right after that was Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. Those were the first three players off of the bench last night. I was I was surprised that Michael Malone did not put Justin Holiday in the game, given the fact he started two preseason games. Yeah. And I think that's a nod to Peyton. I think that's a nod to what they see in his upside, and they want to give him an opportunity. I think Michael Malone is also has – you can tell over the years just kind of just become more he's he'll play younger players, but I think now he's like, we need to give these guys some time. Even yesterday, 
in the post-game conference, Michael Malone brought up Julian Strawson and said that he told him late game that he wanted to play him, but just the way the rotations worked out last night, we couldn't get him in. But it's it's apparent that he wants to play Julian. He said he said that Julian has shown him a lot of things and that he wants to give that kid some time. Yesterday, I think Reggie had a good stint. I think Christian, Peyton, and Zeke all had good stints, that first stint they had with the bench. And defensively is what, again, I think the Denver Nuggets bench, for them, they don't need any more offense. They need a bench that is willing to play high-level defense. And even if they can't finish possession, because you know what? It wasn't pretty, especially when Jamal Murray was off ball yesterday. Like, Reggie Jackson is still figuring out how to play with Denver. There would be times where they would try to do a – they were trying to set up an action at the top of the key. He would get a little stuck up there. You know, he passed the ball out of bounds a couple of times. He got a really, really deep drive and kicked it out for a turnover uh, when he wanted to kick him out to Jokic instead of shooting the ball. But I think he'll learn that stuff. It's just playing a lot of minutes with his team. It just takes some the development. So I think the bench was good. That Christian, Zeke, Peyton, Trio, I think that if they play a lot this year, that's going to be a dynamic defensive trio. And if you put Murray – and or KTP and or Julian Strother and or, you know, uh, Aaron Gordon or whatever you want to put around that. I think that will be a really good, solid defensive unit with some finishing on it. So I was encouraged by what I saw. It wasn't pretty, wasn't great, but they got one good stint out of them and that stint helped them to win the game. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Where I've talked about this a lot, where how many stints do the starters have to win? How many stints do the does the bench have to win? You know, like, or how much do they do? They need to do. They just need to pull it even. The bench last year was literally like, don't have two minus ten stints, right? Um, Christian had an amazing block on LeBron. Peyton Watson had an amazing block. Uh, you, I thought Zeke's switchability was good. He did a really good job again on on D'Lo and gave Vincent on the perimeter, and so they were able to do that. And and the switch all thing does kind of work. When they pay, play units that have a higher offensive floor, they're still going to really struggle because, like, the offense stuff is still just rough. Like, yeah. um, Jamal, I, I I said this, I did a segment on the show about how I don't like the Jamal stagger. I still don't. I just feel like you could get away with, and Jamal was good with the second unit last night, but, like, I just feel like you can get away with put Jamal and Joker on the floor for 30, for 30 minutes, 32 minutes of the game together handcuff them together and you know you you will outpace teams by so much one of the things though i've kind of gotten to is i'm no longer concerned about the non-joker minutes because the floor was so low like the bar is so low for them to get over they just got to be better than jeff green's minutes were last year and again though jeff green was good in the joker minutes and we saw this again last night the minutes with christian and joker were great this is particularly important. The minutes with Reggie Jackson and Joker were great. That's really important. I thought Reggie did a really good job. He had one kind of like bailout. That's not a great shot. But in general, Reggie is running a lot better with that in the stagger when Jamal goes out. And that's right. part of where they push that lead up at the end of the first is when, um, you know, they handled the when Joker went out. But the, also when Jamal came out, I'm anticipating the season a dip. And Reggie actually kept them up in that stint. I thought he actually played really well with the starters. It's just really tough when you don't have anybody that can apply pressure at the rim. You don't have anybody that can just create shots on their own on the wing. Uh, Christian was a little not was a little unprepared for some of the passes late in the game. Uh, Peyton is just I he is so inconsistent offensively. Like that three is found money for him. Um, 
Yeah. It's they, like slightly on the move a little bit too. Yeah. They'll they'll have nights, I think, where they'll be okay. And that's better than last year where every every game the bench was terrible. But I do think that I still have a lot of concerns and I, I still kind of maintain that you should buckle up because I just think the Jamal Reggie minutes are going to be bad. And it's not because of Jamal and Reggie. It's because Jamal and Reggie don't have the other guys to run DHO, to run pick and roll, to adequately space the floor. And maybe that improves if Julian Strother gets in the rotation. Another spacer would really help them. Well, that's what I think, though. I don't know how much I would actually play Reggie and Jamal. Again, I know that this is going to happen. So this is just me saying I know it's going to happen, but I would say I would like to see. Yeah. If Reggie staggers with the with the starters a little bit more, Jamal and Julian with Peyton, Christian, and Zeke makes way more sense to me. I think that even if you want to just put Julian in one of those forward spots, like just space the floor a little bit, let Jamal be on ball a little more. Like I just think there's a little bit more pace control there. Defensively, I think there's a way for them to be better as well. But you know, again, we're gonna see the two-point guard lineup. We saw it with Faku Compazzo, and we saw it with Bruce Brown. But, you know, I just don't know that Reggie Jackson's skill set will ever actually equate to winning those minutes. Um, I do think Julian coming in at one of the spots for either one of Peyton, Christian, or Reggie next to Jamal can actually mitigate some of the issues they'll face at the bench unit. Let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets for Wednesday. Thanks for being with us. Hope you guys enjoyed the season opener. I have a feeling you all did. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll do a show and kind of break down some of my extended thoughts about that game. We'll take a look around what's happened in the league early. On Friday, you got Swipa and Adam Mares. We'll we'll get together and, and get a game plan together for Game Two versus the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have that covered this week. Make sure to follow Swipa on Twitter at Swipa Cam. We'll see you guys again next time on Lockdown Nuggets.